what can I do to actually make a difference? What can I actually change? And the good thing is our brains can change. Our hardware can be upgraded. Welcome to the Juggling the Chaos of Recovery podcast, where we focus on health and wellness and overcoming all types of addictions. You're in the right place if you're a mom, dad, sibling, or caregiver who has a loved one who is or was struggling with an eating disorder or any other kind of addiction. In a time where everything seems heavy, I'm here to bring you a very real yet lighthearted take on what the heck we're all supposed to do with our lives while we care for our loved ones who are struggling. One thing holds true throughout it all. You can't juggle the chaos without smiling, at least a little bit. Well, welcome to another episode of the podcast. Uh, Thank you for coming back. It's Moira Gorski again, bringing on someone that I'm super excited to hear more from. As many of you heard, sometimes I seek out guests so that I can learn something myself, as well as share that information with you. And today is no exception. Um, Cindy Shaw, I found her, uh, as I have found a few guests recently, on uh, matchmaker.fm, which is like a Tinder for podcasters. So we can find each other and match each other up and help each other out on um, our podcast. And so Cindy Shaw is a, she's the founder of the Better Brain Academy. And we're going to talk today about brain health because she really helps people with mood, focus, energy, and really have a great healthy brain, uh, which leads to a great healthy life. So Cindy, thank you for joining me today. And I'm so glad to have this conversation. Oh, thank you so much, Moira, for having me as well. I'm really excited to share some great information with your guests. Yes, I am glad that you have agreed to that because I've learned some from you and I just, every time I talk, it's like, okay, I want to learn, learn, learn more. Um, Because again, the, I do have a daughter that struggles with addictions, eating disorders, anxiety. And um, I know that many on that listen to this podcast that's either happening with them or those that they love. And so I think this is really, there continues to be more and more research, if you will, things that can help people in that spot. So um, I always try to start with the story of like how you found, how Cindy, you became a brain expert. Um, and I know there's a story there of how you got to be where you're at today with um, having this passion. So let's start there and you share about that. Sure. So it was about, you know, seven, eight years ago that, I actually started my journey on brain health and it was because I was in such a bad place mentally and physically. I actually thought I had early onset Alzheimer's because my memory was so bad that at lunchtime, I couldn't even remember if I had breakfast or what I'd had for breakfast. And I laugh and I say that I was probably the best wife to be married to because anything my husband did that pissed me off, I never remembered. So... (laughs) And it though took a big toll on my life. So I had insomnia, anxiety, depression, and bad brain fog. I just really could not function. And what ended up happening at the same time was my youngest daughter, uh, Kara, was going to be going into high school. And I was extremely concerned because I had, you know, dealt with my own mental health issues from my early 20s on. I was hypersensitive to watching for some these, you know, warning signs in my own children. So my daughter would come home from school, you know, during grades seven, eight, and nine. And what should have taken 15 minutes to do a project would take her three hours. And the harder she would try to focus and concentrate, the more 
she would get frustrated and that she just couldn't do the work. Now, in my previous life, I actually taught women mindset um, techniques. I had a six-week program and I worked with women on how to change their thinking to change their life. And so here I'm trying to use these techniques with my daughter and getting her to refocus and to think what she's grateful for and to really use cognitive behavioral therapy to get her to think in new ways. Because her anxiety was so bad that she literally would, the night, every night ended up in tears of her crying, me getting frustrated with her going, why are you focusing on the negative? Her having these negative looping thoughts of I'm so stupid. I'm never going to pass. I'm going to fail. And let me tell you, she grew up in a household where we did not tell her those messages. So I was like, what is going on with this kid? Because I seriously was concerned that she would commit suicide in high school with the amount of pressure that she was putting on herself because she was already missing 50, 60 days of school a year because she would get so stressed out prior to an exam, she would, it would just shut down her whole immune system. So during that time, I started doing more research because I was like, what is going on here? Nothing I am sharing with her is making any difference. So that's when I started to learn about the brain. And I came across a doctor in the U.S., Dr. Amen, and I became a certified brain coach. And I went in and I started looking at our lives because I had taken my daughter to you know, like so many parents do, you're looking for help. I took her to pediatricians. I took her to specialists. And the first thing they did was put her on medication. And she got diagnosed with ADHD and anxiety. And all the medication did was make things worse. She lost her appetite. She was still moody. um, And it really didn't change much for her. So when I started to learn about the brain, I was able to naturally help her restore her brain's balance. And at the same time, I did it for myself. Now, when she went through high school, honestly, she became a different person. She went from this like emotional wreck that put all this pressure on herself that just focused on the negative, couldn't get out of these negative thinking loops to someone who graduated with honors, was happy, was joyful, had a great sense of humor. Like she literally did a 180. And it was solely because of the changes that I made in her nutrition, in supplements, and in some lifestyle changes. And the same happened for me. I did the same protocol for myself. And I got my memory back. My anxiety disappeared. And I now have more energy in my 40s than I did in my 20s. So that is kind of how I segued into brain health. And then I just have such a passion for it because... You know, I realized that so much emphasis is put on our mind about mental health gives you the perception that it has to do with your mind. But our mind and our brain are two different things. And our brain is like the hardware of a computer. It's the physical organ. And your mindset and your mind is the software. And that's your thinking, your thoughts, you know, how you perceive the world. And unfortunately, a lot of people with addictions and mental health issues feel like there's something wrong with their mind. But what I've learned is it's actually they have an unhealthy, unbalanced brain. So it's no different than someone who has diabetes and telling them, hey, produce more insulin 
Why can't you produce more insulin? Just come on, produce more insulin. They physically can't. And the same was with my daughter's brain. She had a part of it called her anterior singlet gyrus, which is the same part that is overactive in people with addictions and eating disorders and OCD, that when there's too much blood flow to it, it literally gets stuck. And it's like a gear shifter. So we can't move to the next thought or it obsesses on one thought and goes over and over and over again. So my telling my daughter to change her thinking was akin to telling someone to make more insulin, if that makes sense. Well, it does make sense because, um, well, I have a background in nursing, so that that certainly makes a lot of sense um, to me, although I've never really heard it, you know, before about, again, and I love the way you said it, like the brain's the engine. And sometimes I think we have to, when you look at things medically, we we have to talk about that. Like when people become insulin dependent or it, or, um, insulin resistant, resistant. Yes. So like you go the, you know, the, the insulin comes to the cell and knocks on the door, knocks on the door and it doesn't open. I mean, sometimes we have to talk about the, you know, the medical, like in those really easy terms. And I think that that's a great way that you do that. And I think about my daughter when she's <clears throat> said to me a few times, cause I'm all about the positive, right. And mindset. And, yeah. you know, I have a wellness business as well. And so we talk about that positive mindset and we were at a training yesterday and what's, what gets in your way, your mindset, right. We just have to have a positive mindset. But again, this is so fascinating because if it doesn't matter, you're saying that it doesn't matter how many good positive, like I am enough, I can conquer. <laughs> how many times do we say that? that it really isn't going to work if that underlying thing is not functioning well. Exactly. And that is what I feel has been missing in the personal development industry is, you know, and listen, I have studied this for 25 years. I used to teach mindset Mm -hmm. and, you know, my, my thought process I had down, but it did not help me when I had anxiety and depression. And when I had brain fog, those positive thoughts didn't, do the trick to get me out. And that was because my brain was unbalanced. And once I was able to reestablish that balance and get, you know, that hardware functioning and upgrade it, I was then able to work on the software and have that software do its job. So that's really where I probably differ is I start with the hardware and then I help people with the software as well. Mm -hmm. And I really help them in then retraining the brain when the hardware is in place. Yeah. When I've, my daughter has said a few times to me, stop, can you just stop saying those kind of, <laughs> you know, it's not helpful. It's not helpful. I know, you know, that's what you want to say to me, like be positive or change your mindset. But many times she said, it does, it's not helpful to me. Right. And then we start to feel, you know, and, and I can speak to this because I knew all this mindset stuff. And I started thinking, wow, there is something really wrong with me. If I know all of this stuff and I still can't get myself out of this, there must be something wrong that I am failing, that I'm a fraud. All these years that I've been teaching this, obviously I'm a fraud because I can't change my mindset. Mm -hmm. When I began to understand the brain and the software and the difference between the two, it made that world a difference and it really helped gain a new perspective. And that's what I love teaching people about because it, it then allows for some empathy, Mm -hmm. you know, some self-compassion. And it also gives you a starting point of what can I do to actually make a difference? What can I actually change? And the good thing is 
our brains can change. Our hardware can be upgraded. Mm -hmm. Now, so are you saying though that, so when people that have eating disorders or addictions or ADD and things like that, are they born this way do they, or do they get out of whack, if you will, or off balance or hyperactive or underactive or those kind of things? Do they get, does that happen to them over time with life or are they kind of, again, born this way? Great question. So there's a lot of things that affect our brain's health and ability. So genetics is definitely <sighs> a factor. It's okay. It's, it's all right. <laughs> we Sometimes we have dogs barking in the background. That's all right. Okay. There's a lot of factors at play here. So there is definitely a genetic component. You know, I had my DNA analyzed and on both sides, my, my mom's side of the family, and my dad's side of the family, there's depression. And so genetically, I did not hit the lottery. I got some crappy genetics. Like that's just a fact. I got my DNA analyzed and my body, I have a gene mutation that doesn't allow my body to make a lot of serotonin or dopamine, which are really two important neurotransmitters. So there is definitely a genetic component and ADHD is something that gets passed down. However, there's a lot of other things that affect our brain. One is brain injuries. And when we think of brain injuries, we tend to think of people being unconscious or, you know, getting into such a bad car accident that they're in a coma. That's not the case. A brain injury can be, you know, getting out of your car and smacking your head on the door really hard and feeling like something's gotten shaken up. It can be falling off of a swing when you're small and really hitting your head hard. So all of these things, see, our brain is the consistency of like soft tofu and it's encased with this hard skull. And so it moves inside, but when it gets bumped, it starts to get these bruises on it. And those bruises, you know, or those that damage to it can affect these different areas of your brain. So brain injuries, and this is why I always tell my clients, please, please, please do not put your children into sports like soccer, heading the ball is like the amount of force on the head from heading a ball, football, hockey, rugby, all of these things, what you're doing is you are setting your child up to potentially have mental health issues their entire life because those parts, there's five parts of the brain and I'll go over those that can get damaged as a result. Now, other things that affect our brain health is our diet. You know, if you eat the standard American diet, you're gonna get the standard American disease. Mm -hmm. And so diet is a huge factor because your brain actually needs 20 to 25% of your calories on a daily basis to function. So I always liken it to a sports car. If you have a high performance sports car, you're not putting in crappy cheap fuel because you're going to ruin the engine. It is no different with your brain. Like your brain requires so much energy to function. If you're feeding it crap, it's going to affect how it performs. Sleep is another big factor. And unfortunately, you know, I had to take the phones away from my kids because there were kids texting them in the middle of the night and that constant dinging would not let them get to sleep or they'd be, you know, on Snapchat and all these things that were disrupting their sleep and not letting them get to bed. And if you're not getting consistent sleep, your brain, we all know how we feel when we don't sleep, mm -hmm. but when you do that consistently, what ends up happening is your brain doesn't have time to recycle the toxins. 
So we need seven to nine hours and teenagers need more for their brain to fully form. So that's another factor. And, you know, toxins, toxins in our environment. If you live in a moldy house, that can affect your brain. The water, the air, the food we eat all can affect our brain and the amount of toxicity we have in our body. And another factor is, you know, isolation, being isolated. And unfortunately, we've all had to experience that to some level in this pandemic, because what they found is that being isolated is akin to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And it's that bad for your health. So all of these factors or all of these things factor into the health and balance of your brain and can affect the neurotransmitter balance and also the blood flow in the brain. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's awesome. Thank you for sharing all of that. And I want people to hear that even though that may sound like really kind of like, okay, now we're done. We're in for it you know, the brain can be healed, the brain can. And that's what you found. I found now I have three boys who have played hockey and we have, and yes, I have come to love the sport of hockey and there are injuries and we've had concussions and we've learned things, not what we're going to learn today, but we've learned things like with cranial sacral therapy. I found a great therapist, tons of omega-3 and the, the cranial sacral therapy has been like to the point that my boys whenever they got banged around and they felt off, yeah, they said, can I call Carol? Can I go see her? Because she had that cranial sacral therapy. She was such a, and she's coming into town this weekend. I'm so glad <laughs> she moved, she moved out of town. Um, and so she's coming in to visit and she's coming to our house to do a few sessions um, and to visit because she's a dear friend of mine, but it has had such an impact on that healing. And there's all kinds of research on that too, of pulling down the inflammation and helping with to speed the healing after concussions and things like that. So I want the listeners to hear that there is hope. That's what I want to share on this, you know, not just like, okay, everything's terrible. Yes, these things can happen, but there is hope again, with nutrition, again, tweaking those things that you just talked about, and then learning a little bit more about those five centers of the brain, you know, things that we can do that there can be improvements. And that's the exciting thing. And that's the exciting thing about neuroscience is now we know that our brain is not set in stone by the time you hit adulthood. And that used to be the prevalent belief. What we now know is that your brain is constantly changing and it can grow new neurons. And so you are not stuck with the brain you have. You can actually feel, you know, heal and fix your brain. And that's the exciting part. That's what I love teaching people. What I love to do is give them an understanding of those five areas that when they're out of balance, it explains why they feel the way that they do or that they act the way that they do. That it's not them, that it's not them morally being a bad person or a failure, or they just don't have what it takes, but rather it's the hardware needs to be updated. So yeah, you're right. That that is the good news. It's not doom and gloom. You can fix and heal your brain by doing the right things. Mm-hmm. And I've, I wanted, I took a note here just because I want people to hear this too, that I had a son who, um, or I have a son um, who, when I was in high school, similar type, well, for, it first of all came that we took him to the eye doctor because um, I met a new eye doctor that was in my networking group and he needed an updated you know, exam. And so we went to see her and she did a very extensive exam and then started asking about these different things and these different sticks and look at this and, and, um, and started asking him questions about like, when you look down 
at your paper and then at the board? And do you have trouble focusing? And do you have, you know, do you tend to have to, and it was like, all he was like, yes, yes. And I was like, what? And it, and it took him longer to do his work than others. And so we went through, it was discovered, and she's a vision therapist, um, a vision therapy expert. Um, and so we she went through almost a year of vision therapy, of retraining, because we found that, and again, I don't have all the words, but, you know, his eyes didn't track together. Like when we read from left to right, our eyes track and then we go back and well, his eyes would go a little bit and then one of them would kind of get all wonky and then he'd have to blink and blink and like bring them back together. And so things would get off and, and uh, double, you know, double vision and stuff. And it was like, okay. And it was, the cool thing was she's, she all of a sudden he like, I didn't even know that. I think he just thought it just took him longer to do things. And then when she identified like, well, this could be a problem and, but we can fix it. He's like, okay, when do I start? (laughs) I mean, and he was like, we went to the office once a week and then he did different exercises at home. Very fascinating stuff. But she also told me that, you know, helped me understand that so many kids are diagnosed with ADD, ADHD, and it's a vision problem too. You know, they have these vision issues and nobody's thinking about that. Nobody's talking about that to say, Hey, did Oh, well, no, he doesn't need a glasses. Well, it, it's not that he doesn't need glasses or not. It's those, again, the tracking things and all of that kind of stuff. It ended up a couple other, my kids went through some vision therapy to help to improve that. I mean, he got better at it. So then he was a better hockey player. Cause imagine if you're looking down and then you look <laughs> up and like, yeah. your vi- like your not peripheral vision, but like just the kind of the depth perception. He had problems with depth perception. Like if that's off, you can't get the puck from here to there and into that, you know? So again, fascinating things that um, provide us with hope. When we find these things, yes, there's an issue, but when we find these solutions, I think it's so exciting because the more we're educated, the more we can just make things, like you said, live a better life. Definitely, definitely. So, you know, um, is it okay if I just yeah, quickly let's, talk yeah, let's talk about those five things? Brain? Yeah. Okay. So the first part is I call it the CEO of our brain, and that's our prefrontal cortex. And this is the part of the brain that's not fully developed till you're 25. And they say 25 in women and 28 in, in guys. And it makes a lot of sense because it explains why kids do stupid things. Like I will go to my daughter and say, why did you do that? And she'll be like, I don't know. And I'll be like, well, how could you not know? She's like, I don't know. And that's the answer back. But it's literally, she doesn't know. It's because the CEO part of her brain has not fully been formed. Now, when the prefrontal cortex is not functioning well, like say as an adult, you lack judgment, you tend to procrastinate, you can be impulsive, you can make poor decisions. So, and that is the part of our brain that most often gets damaged in brain injuries. 95, I think it's 90% of um, head injuries actually occur to your prefrontal cortex. Now think about how that affects your life. That affects how you do your job, who you marry, how you manage your money whether or not you're addicted to things. Like if you've got poor impulse control, again, it relates back to not enough blood flow to the prefrontal cortex. So you really want that to take care of that area of the brain. Now, the next part of the brain is the anterior cingulate gyrus, which I explained about my daughter. It's the gear shifter. Now, when it gets stuck, it the person can be very argumentative, 
rigid. They can't change from thought to thought. They get really, you know, dug in deep and just they're on like a hamster wheel that they can't get off of. They can't shift out of where they are. So you really want to take care of that area. Now, a very common area, you know, I was watching CNN the uh, last week and again, another NFL football player shot and killed his entire family and then himself. And the common thing with football is the temporal lobes get damaged and the temporal lobes are on the side of our head and our temporal lobe has to do with our memory and also like our mood stability. So it regulates anger and, you know, our ear, if it's out of balance, you can be very irritable. So that's why a lot of people too, that get diagnosed with Alzheimer's often not only lose their memory, but become very angry and can be very volatile. And that's because the neuro circuits in that part of the brain are not getting blood flow to it. And again, if you go back to the sports, that part of the brain can easily get damaged as well because it's on the sides of your head. Now, we also have our deep limbic system, and that is the part that controls, again, our motivation and our moods. So when it's out of balance, it's easy to become depressed, to feel hopeless, to have a lack of motivation. And then when we have another part of our brain is called the basal ganglia. And when it's out of balance, this sets our um, idle. So when it's out of balance, we can become very anxious and worried. And that's when people have panic attacks and suffer from anxiety. It's because their basal ganglia is not functioning properly. And then there's neurotransmitters that are at play there too. You have dopamine, which is the neurotransmitter for motivation and for rewards and pleasure. You have serotonin, which is your happiness neurotransmitter that is actually made 90% of it's made in our gut. So our gut health is extremely important. You have GABA, which helps emotionally regulate you and keep you calm. And then you have adrenaline and cortisol and adrenaline and cortisol can spike when we get stressed. And when those get out of balance, that's when you can be in that constant fight or flight. And this is my concern with the pandemic is so many people have been stuck in fight or flight mode for so long that we're literally reprogramming our brains to be that responsive because that, that basal ganglia and our amygdala, which is this little tiny you know, gland inside is overactive. And so it explains why then people feel, act, and interact the way they do with other people. And it's not just about mindset. Mindset and cognitive behavioral therapy is definitely useful. However, understanding the key components of our brain and getting it balanced, I feel is really the first step to moving towards wellness. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, just hearing all of that and again, knowing what my daughter's gone through as well as others, it's just, yeah, if things are out of whack, it doesn't, and well, you know, and just, so we throw a medication on it, right? And so, and what is that medic? Does it really do the trick? Does it, you know, most times, a lot of times it doesn't. Yeah, and the reason being is, you know, and- I myself have been on, so I'm not against medications. Let me say that. 
I myself have been on an antidepressant for 20 years because it allows me to function normally. However, when I don't do all the other things that care for my brain, I can still have really low lows. And so I have to do a lot of other things to keep my brain healthy. So I'm not against medication. However, what ends up happening is the way the medical system is set up, this is what shocked me. So nutrition plays such a huge role in how our brain performs. And medical doctors get two hours of education in eight years on diet and nutrition, but they get two years education on pharmaceuticals. That's right. So the average person goes in and within, I believe it's five to 10 minutes is diagnosed by their doctor because they meet symptoms of having anxiety or depression. And what does the doctor do? They write a prescription and it's like, here it is, diagnose and adios. They don't, get to, <laughs> they don't get to why, why are you experiencing these things? And so if you're slapping a bandaid on, what ends up happening is that sore is going to continue to grow. Okay. You're just going to experience issues in different ways. So yeah, you can put a bandaid on with some medication, but it's not getting to the root cause. And for me, I want to get to the root cause so that I can function as best as I can, because if you are just slapping, you know, a bandaid on something, it's going to show up in a different area. It's your anxiety is now going to morph into something else. You're going to have high levels of inflammation. You're going to have still bad gut health. You're not going to be sleeping. Like there's so many things that are interconnected and we have to remember we're a system. We're a whole system. We're not like these separate parts we, everything functions together and talks together constantly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm not against medication either, but um, again, that's what I've learned in my wellness field too, is that we need to give, you know, we need to build up, you know, build up a good foundation and, you know, again, pay attention to our gut health and diet and and environmental toxins and things like that. Cause that makes, plays a huge part in, you know, bringing us up to a different, a better level Right. And a thing that I've really been studying too is trauma and the effect of trauma on our brain. And there's amazing new research being done in the field of neuroscience that is showing that even trauma or extreme stress, let's say that your mom had while she was pregnant with you, or that your grandma had when she was pregnant with your mom, this actually can change our gene expression. And so there's some great new studies that are being done that showing the importance of healing our trauma. And all of us have had adverse life experiences, you know, all throughout life because our, our subconscious mind absorbs everything until we're the age of eight and it can't weed out what was a good message and what was a bad message. And so we carry these things with us and that too can change the structure of our brain. So this is why I think, you know, what I specifically like is EMDR therapy, which is eye motion desensitization and reprocessing for deep trauma, um, tapping, EFT, it's called emotional freedom technique, hypnosis, neurofeedback. All of these things are great things also for helping heal your brain. Right. Absolutely. And I don't know when this will air compared to the others, but I did, I just uh, interviewed a therapist 
last week um, who does, um, who works with trauma. And we said, it's not always like the big T trauma. There can be, just like you said, adverse life experiences, life experiences that cause us to have this trauma or the things that we just can't get out of our head. You know, it just repeats and things like that. I believe she talked about EMDR. Um, I have another couple of podcasts about EFT, uh, which is a great, um, a just wonderful modality to use. Yes. Um, we, ha- um, again, I've learning more about neurofeedback and things like that. So yeah, those are all great modalities. Again, providing hope that we're not just stuck here, but we talked a little bit when we got connected about like the nutrition piece. And certainly there are, you know, foods that we can eat and, you know, have more of a less processed foods, um, more greens and less sugar and things like that. But I know that there are specific you know, nutrients that are so helpful for the brain. And I'd love for you to um, talk about that too, as we talked a bit about that um, on our connection call about, you know, the omega-3s, the B vitamins, um, and then some other ones as well. Definitely. So the one thing that I recommend to all my clients is to take a really good, like pharmaceutical grade multivitamin, because unfortunately, our soils are depleted, doesn't have the minerals and vitamins that we need. And so having a multivitamin is really going to help top up those areas that you may be lower in. Now, another thing that I highly recommend is vitamin D. Now, you know, where I live in Canada, we can have some dark winters and there is a direct correlation between vitamin D and depression. And they've also done studies now with people who have died of COVID tend to have low vitamin D levels. So taking anywhere from 2000 to 5,000 milligrams a day, or I use a day Mm -hmm. is going to get your vitamin D level up. And vitamin D is just involved in so many processes in your body. Another thing that I recommend is magnesium by glycinate. So I take, you know, between 200 and 400 milligrams a day. And the reason being is that we, I believe it's up to 85% of Americans are magnesium deficient. Mm -hmm. And magnesium, again, is involved in hundreds of processes in your body. And it's really beneficial if you have trouble sleeping as well. Probiotics. Now, probiotics, you know, there's a lot that you can go and buy again at like Walmart and stuff. Don't cheap out on these. Right. What you want to do is make sure that you take a good quality probiotic and Most natural food stores have people who are educated, but I also change mine on a regular basis because they all have different strains. And so our microbiome is so important to our overall well-being that you want to have a variety of strains in your gut that can fight off and ward off diseases and inflammation, but also the beneficial bacteria then helps in creating that serotonin, which is super important. Um, And then omega-3s. Now, with omega-3s, there's actually um, an ingredient and a brand that I like. It contains something called Maximil in it. So M-A-X-S-M-I-L. So Maximil actually increases the absorption rate of the omega-3s. So I actually just did... I got for my husband and I an omega-3 test. It just came in the mail from a company called Omega Quadrant, I think. Prick your finger, 
put some blood on a little thing, send it off. And it comes back and tells you what your omega-3 levels are. And then what I'm going to do is we are now starting to take the maximal like omega-3s. And then I'm going to test it again in three months and see what the difference is. Because omega-3s feed your brain. They protect the neurons in your brain. And that's with, especially with people with addictions and, um, you know, that anterior cingulate gyrus that doesn't shift. Omega-3s, think of it as like lubricant. It helps, it helps that gear shifter move. Mm-hmm. So omega-3s are super important as well. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I agree with, again, all of that. Um, you know, the people here on this, this podcast, there are great, you know, there are, uh, great high quality supplement companies out there. I don't recommend going to Walmart or, um, Jewel Orozco or grocery store brand at all. You know, I recommend the Shackley brand. I know there's other, uh, brands out there, but you do need to have those high quality and, you know, with all of those, but certainly with probiotics, when the, we're talking about live bacteria, you know, good live bacteria, we want to make sure that it's guaranteed that it gets, that it stays alive before it gets to where it needs to be in the gut. Exactly. And um, even the omega-3s, making sure, like even my eye doctor told me one time, you know, make sure it's double distilled. Well, the one I use is triple distilled. I hadn't heard about this Maximil. So I'm looking into that. So it's just, it's so important to, if you're going to spend money on supplements, which we recommend for sure, because again, I love what you said, take a multivitamin. I say it fills in the gaps. You said it tops it off. I like that way too. You know, it just, it fills in the gaps where our diets fall short and then it helps to really nourish these parts of our body or our brains that really just need some extra help. If it's, again, that we live in a dark society, you know, like it's, it's, you know, we're not out in the sun or again, we had brain. That was what, uh, the gentleman who uh, runs the concussion clinic here. Uh, I asked him just, we were in there for another injury. And I said, what do you recommend for, for, um, concussions? And he said, cranial sacral therapy, magnesium, omega threes and melatonin, which I don't necessarily recommend for I like some other things for sleep, but if you can't sleep melatonin, but I mean, all those things, again, you have a brain injury, give extra stuff so that that brain can heal. And like you said today, I love that lubricant, just got to get things to work a little bit better. Absolutely. And all of these things like are within our control. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. So much of our brain health and well-being is in our control. We just need to do the right things for our specific brain. So when I work with clients, I go through a really comprehensive test because the way you experience, for example, anxiety might be different than how I experience anxiety because I might have other you know, those five that I listed off, some of those other areas might be underactive or overactive. And in your brain, they aren't. So what I recommend for you would be different than what I would recommend for myself or for my daughter or for your daughter. So it's very individualized in understanding every brain is different, just like every body is different. And there's so many things that can throw us easily out of whack that the more that we become aware and we build, I call them shids. So we all have the shoulds, you know, I should eat better. I should get more sleep. I should get off my device. What I work with my clients too in developing are the shids. So I call shids small habits I do daily. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And, and that is the cognitive behavioral therapy as well that helps you build in those new habits. Because as you know, 
no business goes from zero to 100 employees overnight. They don't have overnight success. It's the small little steps that we take every day that move us on the journey. And so there's small little steps that we can do every day to help us heal our brain and to change and reset our mindset and retrain our brain to work in new ways. Absolutely. And so like when you do an assessment, is it just a lot of um, questioning and asking them yeah. how they handle certain situations or is it mostly that type of an assessment if that someone would expect to have with you? Well, what I do, it's a very comprehensive assessment that goes through really those five key areas of the brain and them answering questions on that. And what I've actually developed is an online quiz people can take to just get a basic idea of where their brain falls and mm-hmm. what brain type they might be. So it's just betterbrainquiz.com. People can go on and check that out. And yeah, when I do um, an assessment, it's very comprehensive, like getting a good understanding about your history. Have you had brain injuries? You know, what supplements do you take? And then, you know, are you suffering from anxiety and depression? Or do you think you may have ADHD? Or do you think maybe, you know, once I start questioning, is it your hormones off? Because often anxiety and depression can be related to hormones and thyroid as well. Like, so there's all these little components that I assess on. And I do that with clients individually, but then we come together as a group to go through the different modules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really cool. And thanks for sharing that because I think, you know, again, people may want to get in touch with you and and take that quiz or have a conversation with you. Um, and I think it's good to know how that, what that would look like, you know, to get started with that. Yeah. And again, I just feel like there's such good information. I'm so thankful that we connected and I know there's no coincidence that um, because this, I really wanted to hear this today too and learn so much. And I know that the people listening Um, you know, one of my friends said the other day who I didn't, you know, she connected with me after she listened to one of my podcasts. She goes, you know, I love your podcast. They're so inspiring and it just makes you think. And so I'm like, that's good. You know, I think it's good. We're all thinking like, hey, maybe. And I just, because people have gotten to know me, they know that it's like, if we're more educated, then we can make better decisions. And so that's what this has been so helpful for so that people can listen to this and say, okay, maybe this is something I need to make a different decision on. Because as I said before, and I keep saying, there is hope. It doesn't matter that we had trauma, that we had this, that this happened to us, or this is where we're at today. There is hope that our circumstances of life don't have to dictate who we are today or who we can be in the future. So. Absolutely. And you can have a better brain and a better life. Mm-hmm. And I think it's about changing the conversation around mental health to brain health so that there's less shame and blame and there's more education and empathy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so how do people find you, Cindy? We sure, have that so- better brain betterbrainquiz.com, but then how do we find you? Yeah. Yeah. So my website is thebetterbrainacademy.com can go on there. You can check me out on Instagram. It's betterbrain.academy. I'm on Facebook under the Better Brain Academy as well. So there's a lot of ways that you can connect with me. And if someone has a question that they want to reach out, just email me. Mm-hmm. I'm always happy to have a conversation with someone and uh, to help. My email is cindy, just C-I-N-D-Y at the betterbrainacademy.com. Okay. Yeah. 
lots of the same words there. So that's easy to yeah. find, <laughs> easy to find you if we just put in that better brain. So thank you today, Cindy, for all of this great information. Really, really appreciate it. And um, I know that a lot of people are, uh, have learned a lot and it's just, it's so, so valuable. So I really can't thank you enough for this. Oh, thank you, Moira, for having me. I appreciate it. You are welcome. And so thank you listeners for listening. Please connect with Cindy if you feel like this is something that could help you or one of your loved ones. Um, And again, just know that there is hope that we can all live and we deserve, we deserve to live uh, the best life that we can, regardless of what age or what's happened to us. Uh, We do really deserve to live our best life. So we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. Share it with others and make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. I've got a tribe over on Facebook, so head over there and search for Juggling the Chaos of Recovery Podcast Tribe. And do you know somebody who has a story, a story to share, a story of recovery and hope? Please let me know as I'd love to feature them as a guest on one of these next upcoming podcasts. And perhaps you're looking for a community of like-minded, collaborative, and supportive people who cheer each other on as we strive to improve our lives. If that sounds like something you've been looking for, schedule some time with me. You'll find the links in the show notes. Let's talk and let me help you find your way. And I'm here to tell you that you're worth it.